What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're now on Red Circle as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. If you go there, you'll get other content as well. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe buttons. Also, check out FiveReasonSports.com. Spell that one out. We do not have a paywall. And check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, our fantasy and betting partners. Go to Prize Picks. Use the code five F I V E. Get your initial deposit matched up to one hundred dollars. Of course, you can play the NBA, but all the other sports there as well. You can pair players from different sports. Rated the number one fastest growing sports product in the country last year. Check out why. Go to PrizePicks.com, the Google Play Store, the Apple App Store. But you have to use the code. Five F I V E, or for your gambling needs, go to Better Edge. This is where you bet against others. You don't bet against the book. That's why it's legal and it is legal with an L in 44 states. Go to betteredge.com. Use the code five R S N. That's five R S N. Join our contests and just have fun with it. You get twenty dollars to play if you use the code five R S N at Better Edge. You get up to a hundred dollars matched if you use the code five F I V E at Prize Picks. And now today's episode. Down to this game. Yeah. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick on the Five Reasons Sports. I got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. The Heat are on a two-game winning streak. They're now 2-2 two and two on this homestand. They got two games left with Cleveland. They are in the seventh spot. They're a couple games behind the Nets. The Nets, uh, as we're speaking, they got an easier one tonight. They're in Houston. But then they go on a four-game road trip. And in that road trip, they, they face both Denver. They actually face Denver, Minnesota, and Milwaukee on that trip. That's three of the teams on that trip. So it's an opportunity for the Heat to make up some ground here. If they're going to do so, obviously they need Bam and Jimmy to play well. They need Tyler to be more consistent. But they also need something from their role, guys. And we're going to start tonight – with what happened in the last game, and mostly Victor Oladipo, because as Barry Jackson detailed, Alex, Vic has been one of the least efficient shooters in the league in the last kind of month of games that he's played over two different stints, you know, before and after another setback. And, you know, at times you just – you don't even want him shooting. And But now you see he's closed two of the last three games, and he did get his shot going in the last game. So – I know you've been an Oladipo guy since the beginning here. It felt like he was going to become what they wanted him to become, had another setback. Should we expect it this time, or are we going to get fooled again? I mean, I just think he's, you know, over the course of the season, even if it hasn't been a full sample because of the the setback that he had early on, and then again uh, over, you know, this last portion of the season uh, before he came back, I just think he's kind of shown you more or less what he is. So he has nights where he is kind of an offensive minus just because he looks hesitant and looks like he's not sure how to fit in. He, if he doesn't get in, in a rhythm, sometimes he will overpass. We'll see an extra body in the paint and pass um, 
out before he even gets into the paint. And I, I think um, once he starts getting going, whether it's with the jump shot or, or with the getting into the lane and getting at the rim, which is, of course, how we all want to see him do it, it, it feels like he is very much a rhythm player. And I think he has kind of struggled, I think, transitioning into this role player off the bench type of role where everything is, it's like you have a very limited amount of touches to make your impact. And yeah, like on some nights you're going to play more like he did last night where he, where he had things going and spoke closed with him. Spo has shown that he's willing to close with him in the past. And it feels like it's all kind of dependent on the shot. And last night he had that going and it's very streaky, but when he has it going, it feels like he's going to hit multiple threes. It's not just like, Oh, he's going to hit one. It feels like when he hits one, he's hitting two or three in, in a game. So there's that element to him where I feel like he he kind of has to get going a little bit. And if he doesn't, um, you're just kind of depending on him for the defensive part, which is great. Like he's, he's, he's really nice at that and it's good to have. But the part about him being a negative on offense, that's where it gets concerning because like, like I said, there's just some nights where, you know, you, you don't know which one of the, the, the Vicks that you're getting. And yeah, like maybe with another season where he can kind of get more into rhythm he can figure that out, but I just that's just kind of the evaluation I have of him from this season. I want to go through the per 36-minute numbers with you because I just looked at them, and it's kind of fascinating, actually. Well, well okay, the Struce ones, too. We're going to talk about those because we're going to enter Struce in a second. But when I look at the per 36-minute numbers with Vic, uh, you see kind of where the shooting struggles have, have, uh, have tanked him a bit this season, but – I mean, I'm even looking at like, and some of this is skewed, of course, by the fact that he only played eight games last year and he played four games the year before. And in the eight games last year, one of the games was against Orlando when nobody else was playing. And so Vic had, you know, scored 40 points or something like that. So again, small sample size theater here. But but again, I'm looking this year per 36 minutes, okay? He's averaging 13.8 points, four, four rebounds, four and a half assists, uh, two and a, more, almost three turnovers, which has been a problem for him. Uh, almost a couple steals, and obviously the percentages stay the same: thirty-nine percent, thirty-one percent from three. Um, but so, so you're looking at this, you're saying, okay, well, he's not getting obviously the usage or the minutes that he used to get, but it's about being effective in his minutes, right? And so, if you take a look at at these numbers, I mean, let's just be honest, they're not good. Um, they're not. I mean, the defensive stuff is good, but as far as you know, what he's actually creating in terms of impact when he's on the floor from an offensive standpoint. Uh, setting up teammates again, he's been okay over the course of his career. He's pretty much averaged about four and a half assists per 36 minutes. So that's consistent. The steal numbers consistent, the rebound numbers down per 36 minutes, what he's done in his career, but it's really, you know, again, the shooting, uh, that has been mostly the problem. I mean, he's at 39% in his best years with Indiana. He shot 48% one year, 42%, 44%. He had one year that was 39%, uh, the year that he got hurt, I guess, how do they get him? You talk about rhythm. But how do they get him into easier looks where he doesn't feel like he has to take these like an early shot clock, step back, you know, long twos? I mean, the kind of shot that like really only you want Tyler taking. And that's the thing with him, right? I think that's that's kind of what they have to figure out at this point, other than just their lineups and the rotation in general. What is the the, the right lineup to you know to try to optimize all your players? Just like any coach is trying to figure out at this point of the season. What do you feel good about? And I think Oladipo is kind of on the fringe there because you don't know. Um, I think his status right now in the rotation is a, is a little bit weird. Like if you just had to project going into the playoffs, if they were to start right now, it, it, it would feel kind of all over the place where it's like he is in the rotation for sure. 
but because of the offensive limitations, if he doesn't have it going um, and he's just playing less minutes, that could end up messing with him even more. So it feels like it's there, there's a little bit of a balancing act that they have to do. Um, but really, I just think the pressure cannot be on him to be the sole creator in any lineups. And they've been better about, you know, not running a, a majority bench lineups out there as much recently. So that's good. I think like putting him next to other best players on your team, it's just really the way to go. Like, I, I don't think he could be a sole creator anymore. He should not be the sole guy um, with pressure to try to make plays for others. Cause I think he's good as a secondary creator, but um, as you said, he is a, a good, not great playmaker. So yes, you appreciate the passing, but really the, the passing and the playmaking is almost always coming off of him getting to the rim, which is why I always talk about him um, settling and why I'm not a fan of it. A lot of times he does it, like you said, early in the shot clock. I mean, he, he doesn't do it every time, but like I think last night he had a moment like that too. And that doesn't change the course of a game. It's just, I think him trying to figure out how to, you know, how to best take advantage of the role he's in. I think he, he hasn't quite figured that out yet. Sometimes he looks hesitant getting to the rim. And when he does, the, the not only is he not scoring, but then the playmaking doesn't really come uh, as much. It feels like they kind of go, they, I mean, they kind of come hand in hand with each other. And then the 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 defense is just kind of what, what you're relying on. So I wonder if his rotation is, I mean, his, his spot in the rotation is going to expand or decrease you know as time goes on specifically well, um as the playoffs roll in well it feels like it it feels like it's expanding in terms of the late game stuff but maybe it won't expand earlier in the game like that, that's it's kind of feels like exposure again two of the last three games uh which were close the next game that they lost and then this last atlanta game he closed with martin and oladipo with his you know big three and it does feel like he's comfortable closing with oladipo because uh, he gives them more athleticism in the backcourt uh, to protect Tyler there a little bit. And then Caleb is kind of all over the floor. So it does feel like, like Brady had identified Oladipo before as one of their four closers. It feels like it's heading back that way. But also I'm concerned about him playing too much during the game, during the stretch of the game and going through one of these cold shooting slumps where, again, there's nobody else scoring except maybe Tyler out there with him. And so he tries to do too much and then there are problems. And, I, you know, that's, you look at the efficiency, that's where it comes from. It's like off-foot stuff, early shot clock stuff, low-efficiency shots. And I, I know he made a lot of those low-efficiency shots when he was in Indiana, but I really don't – I mean, if you're watching the Heat, you really don't want anybody taking those kind of shots but Tyler. He's, he's comfortable taking them. I, I, I would put my hopes in him as we kind of rank this going forward. I would say optimistic but guarded. Is that fair, Alex, as we go to the next guy? Yeah. Pretty much, like, I think optimistic in the sense of, like, I think it's all about expectations, right? You can say that for anybody here. So it's honestly good that we're going over this now. But expectations got to be had in the right place. And I think, you know, after all the uh, – at this point, several times that they've acquired Victor Oladipo because <laughs> it feels like they've gotten him back multiple times at this point. Mm -hmm. I feel like there was times where it's like, yeah, they're getting this high-impact player who's going to be – who's going to be a huge factor for you. And – he can be that on some nights. I don't know that he can be that every night. And and look, I'm still a Victor Oladipo guy. I still love the impact he brings defensively on a night-to-night -night basis. And he really helps with the, the defensive game plan that they run and being able to throw out all these coverages, you know, having the all-defense lineup that they went to last night that you were talking about there. But I think optimistic is fine as long as you're thinking about it from an expectation of being 
a good role player for them. Because honestly, I'm I'm not sold on him being a foreclosure yet. Like I see the vision, mm-hmm. but if the shots are not falling and teams are just cheating off of him, it's a redux of what happened last season with PJ Tucker. And yeah. he's Victor is not he's obviously a much more dynamic offensive player um when he has the ball in his hands than PJ Tucker. But off ball, they're both like not necessarily positive spacers. And you can make the case that PJ was more of a positive spacer because he was only ever slotted in the corner, which is the only spot that he could shoot at a high level from. Whereas Victor is not necessarily a high level three point shooter from anywhere unless he has um you know he has one of his good shooting nights like he did last night. So I think I I I'm at, I'm of the mind right now that they have three closers and the other two will be figured out on a night to night basis matchup wise. All right, we're going to talk about some of the others uh, in more rapid-fire fashion when we come back. I do want to tell you about a great sponsor, the Five Reasons Sports Network. Our friends over at All Pro Construction Builders. All Pro Construction Builders, you can find them on Instagram. Uh, with that name, our guy Danny, you can reach out to him anytime over at 305-484-4429. 305-484-4429. They specialize in protecting you from a hurricane. We know down here that that definitely can happen. Uh, we haven't had a big one in a while, probably dodged a bullet. It's not going to happen forever, and it's just March. So do it now. Don't wait until July or August when they got the first name storms coming out. Protect your home or business. Reach out to all pro construction builders. Again, the impact windows and doors for your residential or commercial property, and they service Broward, Miami-Dade, and Monroe counties. Okay, only locally made American products, family-owned and operated. Our guy Danny and his family will take care of you. If you mention five reasons, you get a 10% discount. Here's the phone number, 305 305- 484-4429. Again, that's Danny at All Pro Construction Builders, 305-484-4429. While we have you, we also want to mention we're doing playbacks. We're doing playbacks here prior to uh, – not prior to, but during games. It's a cool, really cool concept. You get the same stream that you'd be watching otherwise. You can hear Eric and uh, John if you want. But you can also hear us, okay, just shooting the bleep about the game. And you can comment with us, and we've been bringing people to the stage too. So we're doing it as many games as we can, at least the first half. We actually went the full game against Atlanta, so check it out. We had me, Alex, Greg, uh, as well as Brian Fonseca and Sean Rochester on there. So we got a full crew from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Check that out. Do want to also mention one more sponsor, EricRubenstein.com, our personal injury attorney. It's a guy you go to if you got a slip and fall, medical malpractice, car accident, anything along those lines. Big Miami Heat fan as well. You usually see him sitting courtside. He must be pretty good at his job because he's got the he's got the money for courtside tickets. So he will get you your money. Okay, reach out to him at 954-829-ERIC, 954-829-ERIC, ericrubenstein.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Miami Heat today 
to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Our injury report, our Eric Rubenstein injury report, Going forward, really nothing's changed. We're not expecting Kyle Lowry to play against Cleveland. Um, everybody else, uh, Yurt is now active for them and available, has not played to this point. Uh, but everybody else seems fine. Jimmy uh, seems okay, even though they seem to be keeping his minutes between 32 and 34. All right, Alex, let's go through some of these a little bit quicker. I'm just going to give you some numbers on Max Struess here for us to talk about because it was really his per 36 minutes that I was looking at. Um, he's got a bigger role this year, more minutes overall. He's, this is through 64 games. Last year, he played 68 games. This is per 36 minutes. So this is apples to apples. Last year, he averaged 16.4 points. This year, he's at 14.7. Rebounds have dipped from 4.6 to 4.2. Assists are slightly up, 2.1 to 2.7. Uh, steals, blocks, turnovers, fouls, all roughly the same. Overall shooting percentage, 44% last year, 40% this year. And his three-point shooting, this is the big one down from 41 to 33 and a half. Okay, his two-point percentage is actually the same. His free throw percentage, although he doesn't get to the line much, is is is, is roughly, is, is up actually from 79 to 87%. This seems to be just a three-point shooting problem with him, or is it more? No, I do think that the problem is definitely the three-point shooting dropout. And I think it's just tough not to compare it to the Duncan Robinson debacle of the season before because they're obviously not the same player. Like, I think Duncan is more of a pure shooter, pure shooting specialist, movement shooting specialist than Max Struess is. I feel like Max wasn't, you know, necessarily a shooting specialist the way that he came out and was kind of molded into that on the heat and has done a pretty admirable job, right? Like, he was a very instrumental part of their playoff run last year. Um, You know, like, top five most instrumental. So I'm just trying to give him credit. You know, we've mentioned before, that's our guy. He, you know, he's cool with us. That's great. But yeah, the three-point shooting drop-off, it's just, it's just been more than noticeable all season. And it feels cyclical, man. Like, it feels a little bit cyclical with the way that they've used some of their shooters. Like, they're going to have a hot season and then things come back to earth and they just kind of revert to the mean, more or less. Now, even if he, you know, comes out, let's say, next season, whether he's on the heat or not, and is and it kind of shoots more around league average from three at high volume. Like I wouldn't be that surprised either. I just think it's been that kind of season for him. And I think a lot of it had to do with the way the season started off where a lot of guys are over, I think a little bit overextended with what they had to do on the, on the floor. Like for example, the last time when Max started <laughs> against the Hawks here, like I just think that's a perfect example of how he can be overextended in, in a starting lineup. I, I just think it, it's, you know, <laughs> he has to be very good on offense for him to play more than 15 minutes. And that's just kind of what it comes down to at this point. Like, I understand he's bulkier than Duncan. Um, he's, he's got to hit the shots. It's what it comes down to. Like he's decent at making the reads when they send an, another guy, but he's not fast enough to like turn a handoff into a pick and roll and make that effective. Like he can't be dribbling the ball. He has to come off of handoffs, has to come off of screens and shoot the ball and make it. It's really that simple. And And he's not a movement shooting specialist. So, but he that that's the role that he's in. Like he just has to make the shots. Yeah, he has to make the shots. And when the, the other issue is when Duncan's not playing, then you haven't had a specialist out there. Yeah, at by all the way, the minutes are still good with all their their best players. 
all the the like you you plug him in with Jimmy Bam and Tyler and the the lineups are actually very positive. Well, but isn't isn't that mostly Caleb. isn't that isn't that mostly because again they they teams are paying attention to him? I mean, it would seem to me like he's still he doesn't create the Duncan gravity, but there is some gravity when he's on the floor, right? I mean, that would be Which, the major reason. It's interesting because, yeah, like in theory, that that makes a lot of sense. And I, I didn't get to m- mention this before because I was looking up the numbers kind of as we were uh, doing the segment there. But a lot of this, I- I'm noticing a trend, man. Like you plug in different role players next to Jimmy, Bam, and Tyler, and most of the lineups are very good. I, I think – and obviously that's something that we've noticed all season, that like Jimmy, Bam, and Tyler have been carrying them, have, have been the most consistent, even with Tyler's ups and downs. Like when those three guys are on the floor – those lineups have been very good and no matter what role players you throw in. So I started off looking at it first with Victor Oladipo, then Victor with Caleb, then Max, then Max with Caleb. I'm just, you know, just kind of doing uh, different combos here. Just since we were having that closer conversation, all these lineups are very good. So it's kind of like you have a lot of role players and more or less the same level. And it's just kind of figuring out which skill set you want on a particular night. That's just kind of well, where it's, I'm at it's, not, it's, it's not playing too many of them together. All right, so before we get to some of the others here, Rapid Fire, uh, your expectation for level for Struess in the sentence for the rest of the season is what? I mean, more or less what he's given you so far. Maybe uh, a little bit better three-point shooting, you, you would hope. But I think his, you know, he's going to be around kind of the, the, the minutes that he's gotten more recently, I think. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think it's going to be more night to night based on, how he's shooting, uh, and I don't want to back in the fold. And all of well, a sudden, that, well, that, he got some confidence. Well, that that that's the other thing. All right, so let's get to some of the other guys here. But I, I do think on the Shrews end, I think that we're looking at a quicker hook. I I, I think that Spolster wants to play him. There's a comfort level with Jimmy. Um, I think we've seen that he'd rather play Shrews than Duncan, but I don't think he's going to stay with Max as long. I, I I feel like as much as it shouldn't just come down to the three point shooting. It does come down to the three-point shooting. All right, let's get to some other guys. We're going to do these more rapid fire here the rest of the season. Caleb Martin uh, is out of his funk and has played extraordinarily well the last uh, the last three games. He, he's acclimated to that role. He's closing now. I mean, you can argue that, uh, again, he had that down, down stretch. Some of it was injury-related. Some of it's just playing out of position the whole damn year. Uh, but expectation level for Caleb the rest of the season is what? Again, what he's giving you more recent and and, and- – not necessarily the big stat lines that he's giving you the past three games where he's giving you like what around 16 points a game for the past three, something like that. I'm not expecting that. I just think everything that we foresaw with Caleb going back into the bench lineup has kind of finally started to come together. And that doesn't mean that everything is resolved, right? Cause they still have to figure out the proper lineups and rotations for the rest of the season. It's still kind of tricky there, but I do think Caleb going back to the bench and even though, it's it's not just him going back to the bench. It's just that he can play in different lineups now and help out the bench as well. And it's just been a nice boost for them because we know how how problematic their bench lineups have been. And it's more dependent, obviously, on like what we were talking about, just having your best players out there. But having Caleb there as an energy guy was just so nice as a luxury last season. And you're seeing it again. Bam has said a couple nights in a row post game that it feels like Caleb is kind of playing a little bit more free. I mean, excuse me, actually, Bam only said it once. Last night it was Caleb who was speaking about that. I'm, I'm confusing the media sessions now, but he was talking about how he's playing more free out there and he, he knows what the role is like. He doesn't have to play kind of a specific way. 
I, I think, you know, he gets to be a little bit more dynamic. He's still going to be the one coming out with probably the, the fourth most minutes, maybe fifth on a night to night basis, just because I think he's become that important to them. So my expectation level is, you know, high impact off the bench. And honestly, as of right now, I think I would bet on him to be the most often fourth closer. So not penned in, but probably the one who ends up doing it the most just from what we've seen the past couple of games. So this may be recency bias. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't, I think it's recency bias, but I also think it's true. I, I just think that's where we're headed. I, he, he, I think also freeing him up from being a starter, which cuts his minutes early in the game, keeps him fresher for later in the game. So I think Spolstra is going to go to him more often late in the game now, because I think sometimes Gail Caleb, he is high energy. He calls himself Red Bull. And I think sometimes he wears himself out by the end of the game. Now, He's one they actually can monitor his minutes, play him where he doesn't have to expend the unnecessary energy of some of the guys that he had to guard before, either as a starter guarding basically to make up for who Kyle couldn't guard or playing inside and having to play bang against bigger players. Now he's in a position, again, he's playing the position he should play. It was pointed out to me by Simon Smith on Twitter. Caleb Martin in his bio on Twitter says Miami Heat guard. It does not say Miami Heat power forward, okay? So uh, it was a failed experiment, but not because – Caleb failed. It was basically they didn't have anybody else to put there. All right, let's get to some of these others real quick. I don't want to give short shrift, but we kind of are. But I do want to mention our sponsors before we go. Uh, again, we always mention Eric Rubenstein.com. Uh, you need a personal injury attorney. That's the guy to go to. All pro construction builders. Uh, check them out on Instagram. Get your construction, get your uh, wind, hurricane windows and doors taken care of now. Prize picks, use code 5, better edge, use code uh, better, betteredge.com, use code 5RSN. Let's go through these quickly. Uh, expectation level for Duncan Robinson going forward? Not much. I mean, last night was pretty great to see, you know, just for him. I'm happy that he was able to kind of have a, a, a nice looking night. It, it's been a while. So I, I don't know that this is necessarily going to lead into more playing time for him. Would be very surprised if that were the case. I, I do think that, and I, I think this might be worth asking Spo about just it feels like he's playing an extra shooter more often ever since the all-star break. I, I want to look into it a little bit more, but it feels like whether, you know, whether it's with love or without love. So with love, they they obviously are starting Tyler and Kevin love. Then off the bench, they've got max. I feel like when love doesn't play Duncan plays, it feels like they, they've been more willing to throw out lineups with an extra shooter. So they'll play Tyler and max together or they'll play max and love, et cetera. And if, I thought it felt like they were going away from that before the all-star break and, and leaning into the defense stuff. And so it's interesting to me that Spo has kind of come out doing the opposite ever since the all-star break. If it is true, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure that that's the case, but that's what it feels like. And if, if that is the case, that's positive for Duncan, because that means there's a higher chance that he can be out there for an extra period of time. Now I don't really, uh, expect that to be the case because I do think he needs more time in order to really catch that rhythm. I don't think he's somebody who you can bring in for three minutes and expect to be good. Bring him out like he, he's. We, we've already seen that he's. It, it's way worse for him. He looks. <laughs> it it just makes things worse for Duncan Robinson. Well, so. he's not. He's not. He's not James Jones. I think that's the thing. Like I think they were trying yeah. to see if they could put him in the old James Jones role where like you put him in mothballs and he comes off the bench and makes four threes and then you don't see him for another three weeks. He did it. What's so funny is he did it in that game one against Atlanta last year in the playoffs when he had the eight threes, and then I don't think he had eight threes the whole rest of the postseason. Uh, I, my expectation level for him is additional playing time, but, again, moderated. I think he's the Struess 
I, I think more so than them both playing, I think he's going to be a little bit more of the Struess protection here. I think if Struess is going through a bunch of one for fives, one for sixes, two for eights from three, I think you'll start to see Duncan. All right, let's go through a couple others here. Uh, Gabe Vincent, we've talked about kind of ad nauseum. He's now the starting point guard now, so I'm um, not going to touch on him as much here. But uh, And we, talk, we talked about Love and Zeller on a podcast the other day. So let's let's close with Yurt. Um, where do you think the opportunity comes? Man, it's it's just such bad timing. I, I've said this on other pods. I'm, I'm trying not to repeat myself, but Zeller has looked so good. Like, it's not just like, oh, he's been fine. They could do without him and, and try out Yurt for a little bit. And He's been so good, you can't take him out from being a back of five now. And I think last night would have been the opportunity to throw out the Bam and Yurtsevin starting lineup. And not that I'm a proponent of that, but I'm saying if there were a night to do that, it would have been last night with Kevin Love not playing. Because I, I don't really believe in Yurtsevin as a quote-unquote stretch big that you play not only next to Bam, because it's not just about Bam, it's about Jimmy. Like, mm. th- those guys need to have space on the floor. I-, I don't believe that he's a stretch big yet. I don't believe that teams are going to respect him as a stretch big. Like, I understand that he was showing it off a little bit in the G League, and he looks great. Like, he looks absolutely great in the G League. The shot looks pretty smooth. It's one thing to be able to shoot, and another thing to be a high-level stretch big who's done it for years, like Love. So I-, I think people trying to kind of equate the two things are, you know, are a little bit misguided there. I do understand the the enthusiasm just to have somebody um you know in your system who might be able to give you something he was giving you double doubles when he came in as a, as a starter last season so people saw the numbers and see hey this this guy's going to give you something but he's not there yet and he mm. I, I think now is it's just a it, it's a result of bad timing and bad circumstances where you know with all these setbacks he didn't get to be the the backup center and Deadman got it lost it and it was Orlando Robinson. And then they acquired not just Zeller, but Kevin Love. So even if, yeah. you know, there, there's the the opportunities for Love to be, you know, backup five, which they haven't necessarily gone to a lot. But just like if that happens even a little bit, that takes away even more for whatever tiny opportunity that uh, Yurt was going to have to play. So I just don't really expect much. I think it's unfortunate for him because he kind of he deserves it. I think he's worked for it. He's earned it. And now he's just going to head into free agency with this looming over his head. Now, if they find some minutes here and there, like before the end of the regular season, just to get him out there, I wouldn't be surprised. But there's just no spot for him in the rotation when when guys are healthy. I think if they believed that he could give them what they needed this season, they would not have signed Zeller. That's the way. I mean, I think love comes in either way. But if they thought, because between Orlando Robinson and Yurt, if if they thought Yurt was going to be a factor for them, I believe that they, they would have held off on the Zeller signing and just kept it open for a guard. The fact that they didn't told you that they didn't think that he would be a big contributor for this roster. I'm fully expecting if they get locked into a spot, like let's say they end up in seven, okay, or six, and it's it's not close in the last two or three games, that Yurt's going to play like 33 minutes in some game and have 18 points and 22 rebounds, and fans are going to start screaming for him to be in the rotation. Like that's my expectation level. And I think that's very possible because he's proven he can put up numbers uh, in those kind of situations. But it was the integration with Bam that was supposed to happen in training camp, and it never got a chance to happen. And so I think this is a lost year for him. It's a large degree. Well, I think to be fair, um, you know, like there was that report going around that they were supposedly going to start him with Bam. I I think that was very overdone by 
some on Heat Twitter. Just in, it felt like you know I, people forgot that they tried that in preseason and they did. It looked bad. Uh, it looked. It looked. It, 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 it looked bad. Look, I'm not one with sources, but I'm just gonna say from the the <laughs> that I do speak to on on Media Row, who might know one or, a, a thing or two. Like, apparently, Spo was not a big fan of that. He, he, no, he, he wasn't. Was but 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 you don't. We don't even need sources for that. It was obvious. Like, first thing, it's not Spo. Something Spo would want to do, based on his history. It's something Pat would want to do. But also, <laughs> even when he did it that day. In preseason, it seemed reluctant. It's like he did it, and then he sort of acknowledged there were all these things to work out with it. So I don't know that it would have lasted, but I think that they at least wanted to see what it looked like in limited minutes. I don't think he would have ended up being a starter. I think ultimately, coming out of camp, Caleb probably would have gotten that gig anyway. But I just think that they would have liked to have had the option. They certainly, as we've said, did not plan on playing Dwayne Denman the kind of minutes that they did. That was not ever the plan this year, and that's where you're – was going to probably carve out a 13 to 15 minute a game role. He'd be a high volume rebounder in that role. There were things defensively he had to work on from an awareness standpoint, but that's where they were headed. But I don't think it ever happened. It never happened. Like I said, my expectation is he'll play like the last two or three games of the season uh, and end up putting up big numbers and everybody else starts screaming uh, because that's what he Twitter does. Anyway, thanks to Alex. Uh, We'll do, uh, we had our regular crew Wednesday night, me, Alex and, and Brady will be at the game for heat Cleveland uh, Greg will be anchoring the the, uh, the programming from home. Again, thanks to our sponsors, EricRubenstein.com, All Pro Construction Builders, Prize Picks, and Better Edge. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.